0: The connect i'm your host craig sullivan look i got tim edgar here with me in the studio tim how are you buddy good
1: to see you craig good to see you
0: good seeing you hey this is going to be a great episode you know for those of you that don't know tim he is one of the true leaders and good guys in our industry especially here in the california hotel market we go back more decades than we care to remember uh but let's thank our production partners for this show today That's our good friends at Red Roof Franchising and Chicago Title National Commercial Services Group. You know, if you need a new hotel brand, Red Roof could be a great alternative for you. Give Matt Hostedler a call. He'd love to hear from you. And you can call Steven Seft at Chicago Title National Commercial Services Group. He's in their new hotel practice within the commercial group. So, you know, right now, every deal is critical. You've got to hit your targets, your dates. You've got to close on time. So give our friends at Chicago Title a call. Joining me in the studio today, Tim Edgar, founder of Hotel Investor. Tim, how are you? Welcome.
1: Thank you. Thank you. Doing really well. Good. It's, uh, nice to be in studio uh, before I think we had done um, remote online. Right. So. Very good to see you in person. For sure. Definitely. We're looking forward to this. So
0: Tim, for our audience, please tell them who you are and about Hotel Investor, please.
1: Sure. So um, I've been in the hotel business uh, since 1991. Okay. Um, started in operations, actually, at the Beverly Hilton Hotel. Um, quickly, quickly got out of <laughs> operations as, as quickly as I could. And... Uh, Brokered hotel properties here in California for over 20 years. Um, I had personally sold consummated about 1.2 billion dollars worth of hotel properties. Nice. Um, and as you know, you don't close nearly all the deals that you work on. So I've yeah. literally underwritten hundreds of other deals that you know uh, didn't sell. So sell. a lot of experience in in um, reviewing the the finances and and. Um, debt and equity and in, in the hotel capital stack. Um, so I started Hotel Investor in 2015 to focus really more on the ownership side. Okay, And we're focused primarily on raising joint venture equity uh, for our operating partners, operating uh, or development partners. Um, we're really focused on being able to bring in money and also place uh, money with our partners. Right. But again, the the idea of the company was to focus more on ownership for us as as well as our partners and to help them be able to accomplish their goals, whether that's development or acquisition. Nice. Now,
0: with, with bringing that debt and equity together, that certainly expanded your knowledge to a whole nother level, even though you were selling hotels and everything else and working with usually a pretty finite group of lenders back when you were a broker. Right. So now you've got connections whether it's CMBS, national banking institutions, community banks, and private equity, right?
1: Well, the correct. And I, I would say the, the bigger difference um, it, the when we go out and we try to find equity. Uh, We deal with certainly high net worth individuals, but uh, kind of smaller family offices or or smaller funds. Quite frankly, most of them don't like hotels. (laughs) They don't want to invest in hotels. And what I get a lot of is, hey, we don't want to own a hotel, but we would lend to a hotel. So getting into that world of of basically kind of alternative um, asset investors has certainly opened up. Uh, channels of um, you know alternative sources of, of debt uh, for sure, and it's always elusive trying to find the new sources of equity. Right, um, and that seems to kind of ebb and flow because most of these people are not pure hotel play. They're looking for whatever asset class, um, or you know, whether it's crypto or, or you know, other niche markets that they can take advantage of so um that is a constant um process of of knowing who's in the market right now looking to place money absolutely
0: crypto i mean i don't think that's what anybody wants to play right
1: now. i I don't think they're very happy about that right this second yeah yeah which i you know
0: off on a tangent with that but you know everybody wanted deregulation and now they're all screaming that they want the Beds to step in, it's right. like okay, you can't have your cake and eat it too. All right, it's <laughs> not going to happen. Wow. So, <laughs> what are you seeing in the market up now? Sure. It's it's different. It's you know we got it's a lot of issues, different. you know, uh, economically certainly global recession, few other things. So what's what's going on out there? You get your finger on sure. the pulse.
1: So I have been through multiple cycles, yeah, and this is different than, than any one that I've been through. Um, it kind of seems like they always keep bringing something new because the last one was really the first test of the CMBS market. So it's always something different, but um, this recovery has been very uneven. yeah. And what I mean by that is there's been, you know, markets of haves and have nots, mm-hmm. okay? Um, early on drive-through markets, did really really well. Extended stay did well in particular. Yeah. Um, we have a residence in in North Carolina in the Pinehurst market, and that property came back very quickly uh, nice. compared to you know other properties that we have. And and so still right now you don't have the group business. It's it starting to come. I mean we were in person in Phoenix and right. um, Alice uh, this year and Aldo with limitations. Um, But basically, big box, full-service hotels with 25,000, 50,000 square foot of meeting space are still lagging the the market. You know, there's no question. And certain, you know, urban centers um, have been lagging. Chicago comes to mind for sure, uh, where, you know, we're seeing a lot of receiver sales, note sales, REOs in the general um, Chicago marketplace. Um, so at the same time, then you have a $650 million sale of the Montage, Gosh, Right. okay? Um, so certain assets um, didn't really trade. There, there was never the wave of distress right. that, that was forecast. And it, that is one of the interesting things also about this uh, recovery is that there was literally billions of dollars that were raised, anticipating a wave of, of foreclosures. Fire sale, yeah. And, and it never occurred. And, and some of those funds just gave their money back, but there's still a lot of that capital that's that's floating around in the marketplace. And the other reason that this whole, you know, stay at home order from the federal government, I mean, is is completely unprecedented. Right. Right. They said you cannot go to hotels. Yeah. Okay. So since they basically crushed the hotel business, they felt compelled with the PPP and other uh, you know financial assistance programs to try and help hotels, but that also artificially manipulated the market. Yeah. um, That that you didn't have this you know falling out of of inability to pay, and then of course and certainly in twenty twenty going into last year, if you were a lender. And you lent to a, a hotelier because they're an expert and they know what they're doing and they have a track record. And you know you're in Hawaii and they're running eight percent occupancy. Do you want to foreclose on that and run that property? No. Or do you want to trust the expert that that you lent to to figure out the best way to try and you know right the ship and 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 be able to repay that that debt? Yeah. So those effects are are now you know we're coming out of that where. Certainly, lenders are much more uh, willing to foreclose. I I would say a lot of the things that I I saw were mostly problem properties before COVID. Right. Right. I I haven't really seen too much of where like COVID just killed
0: the the market. Yeah. Um,
1: So you know we're seeing some of that that business shake out, but um, you know I I look at something like the uh, Marriott in Newport Beach here, mm-hmm. um, Fashion Island, what is it, VEA? Vaya, you know? yeah. So I looked at that sale and I really don't think there was much, certainly no, I think less than a 5% discount of what I right. think they could have sold that property for in 2019. Exactly. But because of its location, they were able to command that, that same pricing because yep. it was so desirable. And you know, it's a 400 million dollar plus transaction, yeah. so it moved the needle in terms of the balance sheet for host, yeah. So it wasn't a distress sale it, as such, right. but it was a distress sale, and that that asset wouldn't have been for sale if there wasn't distress, correct? It, it, yeah. So, and it made more mm-hmm. sense to sell that asset at essentially no discount or little discount yeah. than selling one of their. Hotels that was in trouble, because then people would be looking for that discount. Well, and and I agree with you on that. And
0: uh, you know, you and I have had this conversation for
1: years on
0: that <laughs> hotel. Okay, it was not shepherded very well. I mean, the renovations that were done were far and few between, and the the flooring alone they put in in a in a pseudo reserve. Renovation a few years ago. Every time somebody took a step, it echoed throughout the entire property. Okay, I, you know, now I got to tell you, I I love what the new ownership group's done with it. It looks great. I'm really excited to see what happens with the old Four Seasons Island mm-hmm. Hotel and it becoming a Pendry, Pendry yeah. Um, you yeah. Know, so you know, I, I mean, those markets are back. Now you mentioned Chicago. Mm-hmm. What about San Francisco? I mean, that's an urban market that 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 crashed and burned right alongside Chicago. And I would right. say a good chunk of New York, too, because they've got hotels that are not coming back.
1: Right. and Washington, D.C. D.C., yeah. I mean, big, the Warden Park, 1100 room. Rooms, yeah. Gone. Um, no, it, it's it's amazing because we've always thought of San Francisco as basically this unassailable market. Right. it was going to always be um, so strong and it, you know, certainly has historically, uh, been, but you know, COVID people liked being out of the city out right. in the open. Yeah. And that's why a lot of these drive-to markets did so much better. Yeah. Um, central coast. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Correct. So it, you know, it, it's lagging. Yeah. It, it is now, um, they're still able to get the rate, but one yeah. of the big things too is, um, the Pacific Rim travel was was crushed. Crushed, I mean, there was no, that's a huge, huge part of the San Francisco market is the visitors from Asia. Yeah, Vancouver too. So that's, you know, that hasn't come back yet. Right. Okay, it's starting to come back. There's, you know, some loosening of rules. I think Japan just loosened their, some of their regulations. So it's starting to kind of generate back and forth travel, if you will. And I anticipate that it will come back. Um, But again, in my mind, that's the unevenness of the recovery where it's the tide isn't lifting all boats. boats, Right. Certain boats are still. They're going underwater. Right. Right. Uh, They're becoming submarines at
0: this point. Now. Okay. You know, let's talk about that for a second. You know, you've got airfares that are 40% higher than three years ago, okay, and a 10 to 15% cut in flights (laughs) that we had three years ago. Um, You've got hotel rates that are up 20 to 30% in certain markets. Our friends at Pacifica Hotels did exceedingly well with their properties in the Central Coast during Uh, the pandemic, we created a new category. As far as I'm concerned, I wish the whole industry would jump on it. And that's leisure. You know, Um, you know, you take your family with you, you've got a business trip, they pick up a couple of days, they come with you. And, you know, I think everybody, I think our whole definition of road warrior and digital nomad is going to
1: change. But you know, what's your thinking on all that? Well, I think there's no question that it will. Um, and, And in some ways, it might be even accelerated right yeah. now because we have this inflationary pressure on business travel. But at the same time, you've also had the experience of, of COVID that you you don't really have to be in a meeting with someone. You don't yeah. have to be in the studio, right? <laughs> right. You can right. you can do this online. Yeah. So with that recent knowledge that you don't really need to travel as much as, as you thought you did before COVID, and then you also have the, the, as you said, the inflationary pressure on on airfare, yeah. on the hotel room, on every other aspect of, of the business travel. Yeah. Um, it's leading more people to work remotely. Um, and, and we know, certainly in the tech world, that there's still resistance about going back to the office at all. Yeah, and
0: some of the financial markets back, you know, I don't think JP Morgan Chase is, is gotten their people back into their offices and made that well, they don't, don't so. want
1: to go back. No, you know, they the, don't. That's the that's the crazy thing. And uh, you know, at least right now they're they're able to get away with it. It, it will be interesting to see um the long-term effects on office space. Good I, point. I think you know, hotels, you know people have to travel and that's why we're able to get the rates that we're getting is because the people that are traveling basically need to travel right right and that's why people are paying the airfare yeah you, you know um so the the great thing about hotels as you know we're uniquely positioned this is really when you want to own hotels that we can raise our rates every day right as the market will bear so as inflation has gone up that's why our our average rate has gone up and there's no question that that rate has been the key driver of revpar growth for the last 24 months at, at least um and i you know really see that in the near term it is continuing to be the the engine of growth for hotels for the hotel industry
0: i agree with you but how do we get our urban markets back how does downtown la i i mean i i think the gas lamp is different right Okay, um, it's on the water. You know, it's urban, but you know, again, it's on the water. Um, San Francisco, Chicago, New York, downtown L.A., uh, Miami, Dallas, a few of the other you know top twenty-five markets. Now, right. I no offense to anybody in Arizona, <laughs> but I'm taking Phoenix out of it because you've got too many, too much supply and not enough demand. Anyhow, and too much old product that needs to come out. Uh, but how 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 is that going to get resolved? And if you're looking to place debt and equity into a deal in San Francisco
1: or Chicago, how do you how do you how do you underwrite that? Yeah, that's I mean, there's a, I wish I had better answers, quite <laughs> frankly. I just want and, an honest answers. Yeah. So, uh, um, I mean, I'll give you the honest answer. I'm not really interested in Chicago or San Francisco right now. Yeah. Okay. Which now three years ago, that wouldn't have been the story. Oh a hundred percent the The reason that I say that is because of the difficulty of underwriting going forward in, in very uncertain terms. Yeah. Where you know I have greater confidence in the the underlying numbers in yeah. many many other markets. Other markets. Okay. Yeah. Now that's not to say obviously. I mean we're we're opportunistic. We're long term hotel owners. Right. Um, investors you know if we found a good opportunity we know how to underwrite it we could figure it out yeah. and and i'm not saying that i wouldn't do a deal in san francisco or i wouldn't do a deal in in new york city but i would be more than than cautious right my underwriting would be extremely conservative um and to a sense that you know it would have to basically be a no loss situation and, and essentially
0: it has to be i mean I, okay let's take a look at the financial meltdown now you know we had friends that that handed back hotels mm-hmm. you know they bought what was a w in San Diego mm-hmm. and they woke up one morning and they were underwater because it was over leveraged right. okay and you don't want to be in that position you just don't want to be in that position right. but you know, let's let's take a look at Los Angeles. You and I both know, and we're following. You know what's going on in the city, the the council, uh, the city council put out a ballot measure for 2024, mm-hmm. where hotels within the city limits would have to shelter homeless people.
1: Right. How do you? I don't believe that's constitutional. That? Quite frankly, I don't know that that's going to stand uh, judicial yeah. review. Yeah, I, I just don't know how you can make a private business do yeah. a, a government service yeah. i mean you know we've already seen yeah. obviously the uh the funds and, and the, all over the country but, yeah. but in california specifically of converting hotels into uh housing and a lot of it's yeah. lower in um and and i mean that's that's fine i you know i, I think there's a, a place for that but I, I really just don't think that the city of Los Angeles can make a private business do that, yeah. and I, I mean, it would be horrible for business. Yeah, I mean, what? Who's going to want to pay any rate to stay with homeless people? I mean, it's just, um, it, it would be a crushing for for Los Angeles area hotels. Well, and I'll, you know, the hotel industry knows it's a
0: lot of small businesses. Right. Okay, the traveling public does not know that and you know i think you know i've had chip rogers on i've had uh you know ch and la on as well and we've talked about this subject and it's it's about messaging we've got to get that out to the public and you know it, 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 this is a horrible idea right. and you know it's and and i i agree with you thinking about it constitutionally i don't think you can force a, a private business to do that but i'm not an attorney it's right. just my my opinion as well well and the-
1: you know, it's. It doesn't mean that they can't pass right. the the law. It just means that somebody's going to have to spend a bunch of money with attorneys to, to challenge it. Sure. So it's yeah. it's a bad it's a lose lose for the hotel right. industry. There's no question. But your 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 on site
0: team at risk. It puts right. the homeless person at risk. It puts your guests at risk. So it's right. it's just a bad idea all well, the
1: way around. And I, I mean, you know. It, How do you, I I mean, I don't know what clauses they have exactly in the the franchise agreement, but I I could, (laughs) you might be running afoul of other agreements that you have. um,
0: I think your loan covenants
1: are one of them right Right, there and
0: your insurance. Yeah. So, you (laughs) know, but let's move on to another subject. Uh, What's on the horizon? What excites you about the hotel market right now?
1: Right. Well, you know, first of all, we're, we're open. There's people. There's heads in beds. So that's yes. that's exciting, right? Yes. Um, coming from from COVID and everything else, you know, the rate growth it's, it's exciting. Um, in the properties that we're invested in, we're seeing really strong uh, rate growth. Growth. Okay. Good. No, it's it it is it, that's exciting. Um, but we're also you know long term investors in hotels and and I think some of the opportunities. We didn't see those opportunities, the, the wave of distress that was supposed to happen. Right. But because of the rising interest rates, inflationary pressure, there's basically upward pressure on cap rates, downward pressure on pricing. Yeah. There is a lot of hotel debt that's maturing in the next 12 to 18 months. And there is most assuredly a lot of that is not going to be able to get refinanced. Yeah. Okay. So, that means the owner has to either come out of pocket, sell or bring in new equity. And we we can help in those situations. So, we're, you know, kind of excited about, you know, trying to identify high quality assets where we can come in and and help out a quality sponsor right just kind of right size the debt. Um, and and you know so that they're not forced to sell, uh, we we've, we've explored several of, of those opportunities, but quite frankly, there wasn't enough pain. There's still PPP money or other money. There's still yeah. There's that, still is, ah, lingerings out there. That yeah. sounds okay, but there there literally wasn't a smoking gun. Yeah. Where we see this this debt maturity situation is you know the the push to make something happen.
0: Yeah, and that's that's the pain that I see right in front of us. Right. Is, you know, yeah, okay. And hopefully, the owners kept their lender involved and up to speed with what was going on. If you want radio silent, you're not getting a refinance, right. okay, it just isn't gonna happen. Right. But, you know, something's gotta give with that and, you know, it sucks that if your loan's coming due, then all of a sudden you're going from a reasonable interest rate to a rather high one now, right. but that's going to be part of it. You're going to be able to refinance down the road and get right. out of that and get back into something that's that's more tolerable.
1: I I, I agree with you 100%, but I, I would only point out that historically speaking, interest rates are still ridiculously low. Yeah. Okay. Just because Thank you. Yes. two years ago, three years ago, you could basically get a home mortgage yeah. rate right for your hotel, which was ridiculous. ridiculous. Yeah. Um, you know, I when I when I started in the business and uh brokerage, um, I remember I I listed a property yeah. and, and one of the key points for the sale was there was an assumable nine and a half percent loan. Yeah, that was under market at the time, right? Yeah. So um, you know, we'll we'll find a way to make Make it work, and again, you, you, because of that inflationary pressure, it, it's also pushing up rate, right? Which which helps mitigate that higher cost of capital. So as opposed to an office building, I mean, again, I, I don't, I'm not involved in office buildings, but I, I follow all commercial real estate. My understanding it's it's pretty difficult to get a loan on an office building right now.
0: Yeah, and I think that's the bubble that's going to burst. But you know, touching on that point about rates and everything, okay my first cycle was in the 70s. Okay. And we had double digit unemployment, we had double digit interest rates, right. we had double digit inflation, prime at 18% or something. Yeah. like that. And, you know, a couple of things happened. One, you started having exotic instruments come to be land contracts, and all inclusive deeds of trust, because everybody understood that the market just could not stop. Now, and I agree with you, you know, if, if you're if you're getting a, a commercial loan of 3%, that's a home rate, and right. that's great. Uh, now, you. I've always felt, because I've seen these cycles from the 70s to date, and my personal feeling has always been, if everything is less than double digits, I'm okay. Yeah. I may not like it, but I'm okay, you know, and again, Debt is a tool and you should be using it properly
1: and not ratcheting it up all the time. So Well, and I, I can tell you from our standpoint, we're not looking for high leverage. And yeah. that's one of the reasons yeah. that we really haven't had any stress or, or yep. distress in our properties. Um and and you know, that's the only time you can really get in trouble, right? Is when you over lever. That's uh, it. So all right, my friend. We're up. Op- we're up. Op- optimistic about the future. Definitely love being in the hotel business. Absolutely. All right.
0: We're going to go into our lightning round. So producer Danny's going to put two minutes on the clock. Word association, starting now. Tech, uh, sustainability, conferences, coming back. Trophy
1: assets. I love them. <laughs> Favorite
0: college
1: football team. Uh, my alma mater. They go into the playoffs for the first time, USC. There you go. Bowl game. Uh, Rose Bowl. Favorite airport. John Wayne. Barefoot people on an airplane. They can do it. I just think it's gross. Ah, I agree. Aisle or window. Um, kind of a big guy. I go for the aisle. <laughs> Tequila or whiskey. That is a the eternal question. I'd have to say it depends on who I'm hanging out with, honestly. <laughs> well, if it's
0: me, it's tequila. Right. I can't drink
1: whiskey. <laughs> exactly.
0: Favorite hotel or resort?
1: Oh my! About uh, the Del Coronado.
0: There you go. You did that with a minute
1: seven seconds left.
0: <laughs> Perfect. All right, my friend, we are at the end of the show, and the one thing that I want to talk to you about, and thank you for you have been a founding sponsor of the california lodging investment conference since year 1 Sweet. and you are continuing that at click six. 6 on march 1st and 2nd so thank you for that what are you looking forward to at, at our next event
1: well the great thing about click is it's it's california centric um and it's a great opportunity to get caught up with, with the different markets in California kind of um, more intimately um, you know some of the larger uh, national conferences you do get trends but it kind of tends to be on a, on a more macro level which is is good but um, I, again I look forward to that California centric information and certainly catching up with uh, a lot of my uh, friends in the industry
0: absolutely
1: Tim, Shameless plug. How can everybody get a hold of you and talk to you about debt and equity? Sure. Well, you can always go to hotelinvestor.com or give me a call at 714-485-4825. Thank
0: you, brother. Appreciate you being on the show. Appreciate it. Well, Tim's got to stick around while I close the show. Normally it's just me, but it'll be the two of us. (laughs) I want to thank our production partners, Red Roof Franchising and Chicago Title National Commercial Services Group. They would both love to hear from you. Let them know that producer Danny and I sent you. It means a
1: lot to us. Go ahead. I think Joe. with the uh, what Steve's doing there, a hotel specific um, title is really specialization. Certainly, when I was brokering, we only worked with people, escrow officers, title officers like Craig that understood the <laughs> asset class. So I think that's a really great thing what they're doing, yeah. and I would encourage people to speak to Steve.
0: Absolutely. I think it's a, it's a great idea as well. And we've got Click 6 coming March 1st and 2nd. Yes, sir. 2023. We are returning to the Weston South Coast Plaza. So join us there. We've added hours more of networking. You asked for it. You got it. Mm-hmm. What used to be our VIP mixer is now sponsored by the brands. And we're opening it up to all of the registered attendees, all the speakers, all the exhibitors, all the sponsors. So great night. We're going to have two, two and a half hours the night before on the 1st. Then we've got a whole new conference for you on the 2nd. we taken away one panel. We're only doing three panels and our development deal of the year. We've got more networking in there. During the day, and we're also going to end a little earlier and we're going to extend our post-conference networking mixer. So you've got a lot more going on. Please go to CLIConference.com. You can register, you can see the agenda, and you can get your room reservation. So, Tim, thank you again for joining me today thank in you, the Mike. studio. Thank you, our audience. And as I'm fond of saying, be kind. Share your knowledge, now go be amazing.